Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. FlowTrack.org slash FlowTrackPodcast is where you can see all of the video episodes. You can really dive into the archive if you want to know, hey, what do those guys think about the NCAA Indoor Championships were a couple months ago? You can do that. You can do that on the website. I'm Kevin. My co-host today is Lincoln. Good morning, Lincoln. Yeah, good morning, Kevin. How are you doing today? Doing doing all right, doing all right. No. Uh, I recommend mm-hmm. highly, if people haven't listened to yesterday's podcast that Gordon did with Carl Lewis, to go download that immediately and, and check it out. I didn't uh, – it didn't publish before my run yesterday, but I'm looking forward to listening to it on <clears throat> on my run tomorrow it dives into obviously current events sounds like and also mm-hmm. the office i'm curious what what that's going to have to deal with um uh, there's a, there's pertinent information to like we said the serious nature of protests going on and, and what but there's also some very 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 lighter moments so i'm i'm carl lewis is just uh entertaining and and a, and always a a worth a listen for sure so i'm excited to yeah. check that out yeah and uh he has a obviously a very very vast perspective on the issue. I mean, this is a person in track and field. If you're talking about somebody who's been around at the top of the sport for decades and decades, he's the most outside of Usain Bolt, the most recognizable person in in track and field in mm-hmm. in the world. I would assume still at this point, and obviously coaching a collegiate team, but yes, and I'll, you know, him chiming in and, and giving his his viewpoint on what's going on right now in, in the nation was was very interesting to to listen to. So recommend people check that out. On this podcast, we are going to talk about track, obviously a a smaller issue, but one that we are uh, talking about, I guess, more frequently now because it it seems like actual track could happen. So the question I pose to you, Lincoln, is what are you excited to see if track does come back in 2020? And I guess we could broaden this to running in general because you could give me cross-country opinions if you want to. You give me road racing opinions, but not to 2021. But if something comes back in 2020, what are you excited to see? It's weird because I feel like we've been doing this all year, even going back to January, the kind of the 20 things we were excited about. And then it just completely changes though. Hit hit pause. The first thing is I I always start with the events and I started with the, the, the sprints and work my way up when I try to wrap my mind around this. So, I mean, I go right to the hundred and I think of Christian Coleman just specifically, not necessarily him matching up with anybody, not, not the, not the Noah Lyles, Christian Coleman matchup, but it felt like when we saw Coleman indoors, when he just ran the, the U S championships and almost was close to his, to his world record, it felt like he was entering even a new phase or, or, or a, a higher rung in, in fitness and, and confidence. And he just seems to be getting better, which clearly makes sense. He's very young, very new into his career. But 2020 was to be a year where I think he was going to just dominate and even mm-hmm. more so than he did in 2019. So if we get some track and he's able to to compete in some of the diamond leagues, I'm very interested to see, even in this very shortened, truncated season, if he's able 
to, you know, run several times in the nine sevens and really, you know, assuming he's starting the way we're used to seeing him start, if he's able to take an, a leap forward and in, in from, from his dominance in the hundred and really establish himself even further as, as the top person in the sprints. If he can run nine sevens this year, oh man, that would be yeah. insane. That would be mm-hmm. incredible. And if he can run nine sevens this year, the American record is gone in 2021. That much yeah. is clear. He will he will obliterate that American record in 2021 with a a full season of work behind him. I looked also at the short distances, but at the hurdles, and it's somebody who also made one brief but stunning performance in the indoor season, and it didn't come at the U.S. Championships, so perhaps it did not get the coverage that it deserved. But Grant Holloway, Lincoln. You heard of Grant Holloway? You ever interviewed Grant Holloway? You ever written anything about Grant Holloway? You know this guy? I've heard. I've done. Check, 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 check. Yeah, all of them. Okay. 738 in his first meet out the box. Now, he ran heats before that, so it wasn't literally his first race, but that's it. You go on to his Tilstapaja page, you look at his results, it's one meet. That was it. And he did a 738 which is just off of what he did in 2019 when he got that American record. And we all know how good Holloway can be when he runs a million races because that's what he did throughout his college career. This was his first full year being a pro. He was going to scale down his racing anyway. He was not going to be doing the long jump. He was not going to be running the 4 by 4 Now he's even more scaled down because there hasn't been any races. But when you see a 738 like that, fresh out the box, if this season goes, if they're able to run a series of meets and he's able to get in three or four efforts and they're going to run into August, October, the, the, you know, the early part of fall. I know I skipped September there, but, you know, who really cares about September? Mm, whatever. Um, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, does it go August, October? That doesn't sound right. It does not ring, nope. ring true at all. Incorrect. Right. If he's able to run in into the early fall, I think we could see him PR. That's interesting. I, I I think he's a great candidate to really take his game to the next level too. And I hope that doesn't just come off as American bias. But when we look last year, he had to completely reset after kind yeah. of the collegiate season. And you wrote about it in your story from, from Doha when he won gold. He kind of had to more so than even physically mentally reset because he was completely you know mentally and physically probably toasted after all the emotions of indoors and then winning outdoors and getting that collegiate record uh and all the talk about it he had to to come back and and you know turn professional and kind of some of that fire needed to be relit and certainly some of that had to do with the fact that he was you know running 40 races and racing different things and still doing his his jumping events so in a in a season where he's fresh and and not running the collegiate system uh i i know it's it's you have to suspend disbelief a little bit when you're talking about coming off of a massive period of no competition but I yeah. think if he, based on like what you said, the 738 basically debut, he can he can be ready, and I, and I I assume yeah this could still be a very promising year. Maybe he even you know PRs and and really takes it to another level, just mm-hmm. solely on the fact that he's going to be fresh and not you know 
work digging deep into the reservoir where he's running multiple events and going from January to October. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be worth something. And we haven't really seen him do that. Even going back to high school, he was doing the high jump. He was doing the indoor pentathlon. He's always been doing football, you know, (laughs) it's just like crazy. He's he's always been doing multiple things that Mm -hmm. now that he has time and energy to reset and completely focus on one thing. I don't think it's outside their own possibility. I think we could look back and, and it's tough because he has a contemporary and Daniel Roberts, who is very good and, and could beat him and has beat him before. But I think we could look back in, in five or six years and say, 2019 was the year to beat Grant Holloway and people couldn't do it. And then he just ran off a string of titles because mm-hmm. if you couldn't, if you couldn't beat him in 2019, when he was on race number 44 of the season mm-hmm. in, in a year that drug on forever in a year that had so many moments when he needed to be at his best indoors, outdoors, U S championships. If you couldn't take him down, then when are you going to stop this guy? Yeah. And I, I feel like the high hurdles is kind of an underrated event as a whole on the men's side that could – now, it doesn't compare to the women's high hurdles, but it it could – could, emphasis on could uh, – develop into the caliber of event, say, as a men's 400 hurdles. Now, are they going to be challenging the world record every time out? Maybe, maybe not, but, you know, Holloway at 21 ran 1298, mm-hmm. and we we know – I assume Robert's at least – <laughs> Yeah, and, and we assume Omar McLeod is going to be coming back at that level, assuming he doesn't just bulldoze everyone left and right of him. He's going to be back into his 1290 shape at some point, and, you know, Shabinkov is there, and there's there's other guys I think who can run that caliber. Maybe we start seeing a bunch of races in the 12.9 lows, and then it gets to the question of can somebody get down to that world record thing. It's not mm-hmm. yet, of course, at, at a position where we're thinking. It's not a Warhol Benjamin uh, type of a situation yet, but... I think it could be. I think it certainly yeah. has that potential. All it takes is one person to start pulling it along. And then mm-hmm. you see it, these things are cyclical. These events all have their moment when they have a chance to run historic times. And over the past 10 years, you've seen events cycle in and then events cycle out. A couple of years ago, four meter hurdles for the men's was not the big ticket event. It was an it was an afterthought, and especially when it yeah. came to running historical times. And then, within the matter of two years, it escalated dramatically. So I'm looking forward to to seeing Grant Holloway and what he can do in this season if they can run again. Another easy one, which I'm sure you were going to mention, but I'll just say it because this is an obvious one: Kipchoge versus Bekele. Yeah, will we see the matchup? I mean, will that? race take place this fall is still a big mystery it's interesting those two have been like coming they're 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 not traditional rivals in the sense that they're like on the same they're part of in the in running team or whatever that's called and they've done like social media work together they're doing some community virtual race coming up i'm not exactly sure of the details but yeah so that that to me would say you know i don't think i think they're going to make a an effort to actually race each other when it's safe and when when things come back together. So I, I I feel more confident that that race, whether it be in 2020 or 2021, is is actually going to happen. I just hope that they're both still at the 
at the caliber, you know, they're both operating at, at full capacity. And, uh, mm-hmm. we, we, you know, with, you know, I, I of course feel more confident about Kipchoge than I do about Bekele, but he's seemed to, you know, to be on the, the right track. And I don't know what else mm-hmm. to say is I just, yes, of course we want to, we want to see that, that go down and, uh, gosh, the, the, well, that's, the ramifications uh, uh, of that I- race are huge. I don't know about your list, but on my list, that's the only one that has an expiration date to it. Really, mm. what you just elaborate a little bit on it? You mean you just because of their age? Yeah, because of their age and because of Bekele's inability to be a consistent marathoner. I think mm-hmm. this spring would have been the time. Now, I did not have access to his training. I didn't know if he was completely healthy, but he was just a few months off of a 201.41, Kipchoge was just a few months off of what he did in Vienna. It's hard to recapture that. It's hard to recapture mm-hmm. that in the marathon. It's hard to recapture that with two guys who are in their late 30s and one guy in particular who's had a mercurial relationship with the event. All these mm-hmm. other things, like, okay, we don't see Holloway or Christian Coleman or some of these other names on the list. It's like, yeah, they'll, they'll have a chance in 2021, 2022, but this is the one where if you don't see it now, you don't know if it's going to be possible in the future just because of the way things work. Do you trust Bekele anymore? Not that you've had any reason to see it other than the 201.41, but do you trust <clears> – <throat> was that such an outlier performance that you looked at it and said <clears> – <throat> sorry, a lot of coffee this morning. The creamer is giving me a thin layer of film in the back of my throat. It's delightful. I hope it was vegan. Um, was it vegan creamer? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, come on now, of course. Um <clears throat> Just keeping you honest. Do, uh, do you trust that Bekele is going to be more consistent just based on how fast he ran last September? No. Mm. No. I, I don't – I mean, it, yeah. you, you put that in there, but that's the mark. Like the, consi- Inconsistent is a good word, and it's also a, a bad word, right? Because you could be consistently a 209 marathoner. Or you could be an mm-hmm. inconsistent 201 guy, and yeah. he's an inconsistent yeah. 201 runner right now. But no, if you told me he was going to get – if they were able to simulate the results of London and he got fifth, I would not have been surprised. Yeah. I would not have been surprised it's, if he got second. The only thing I would have been surprised about is if Kipchoge lost because he doesn't do that. True. It, it, it's so interesting because Michele's career on the track versus the marathon, of course, this has been said a thousand times, but I mean he was – certainly quite consistent on the track and his metal collections shows yeah. as much uh and no one's perfect and, and and you know but i man he if he can most never figure it out consistently on the, in the marathon yeah 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 uh no i know and we set him on the, against the back because of how good Bekele was on the track and because technically if you want to you could still have Kipch- Bekele in the argument as the greatest distance runner of all time I mean, he's mm-hmm. up against a, a serious legend there, and 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 I know that the distances. What do you stretch that from eight hundred to marathon? It, it's it's imperfect, mm-hmm. but I mean, if someone wanted to say Bekele is the best overall distance runner of all time, I'm willing to listen to that argument. And it's yeah. just crazy to to think that we. But then you look at Kipchoge, and you're like, well, compared to Kipchoge, he's been so inconsistent. When in reality, mm-hmm. that's pretty much the story for everyone in the marathon. Uh, it's just that yeah. set against. Almost the nearly flawless record of Kipchoge makes him look worse by comparison. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to do another one or do you want to go? Oh, I was just going to 
mention on the side, uh, or not on the side, but it, will we see Sawai Nasser and Johnny Miller Weibo race mm. this year? Um, they I'm guessing pretty a no much, because we never saw yeah, them race when there yeah, was they, not a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, they avoid each other seemingly during the regular season. They did that all of 2019. I wouldn't say they avoid each other. It's almost like Miller Weibo kind of avoids Nasser because Sawa Nasser races almost all the 400s in the Diamond League. So I don't want to necessarily put all the blame on Miller Weibo, but I mean, we, we talked about it last year when she was running all these events that weren't Diamond League races and like, just like, I think she could have benefited in hindsight by racing Nasser and and kind mm -hmm. of knowing be more familiarized with her with her tendencies. Now she also ran into a forty eight fourteen buzzsaw, so I don't know really know what else you're going to do with that. Yeah, considering Miller Waitville ran forty eight three. I mean, so uh, I, I don't think there was much she could have done other than there's no game plan for that. Yeah, yeah. So, but but I mean. Is I'm holding out to the sliver of possibility that we maybe see those. That feels super, super small. So maybe I shouldn't have even brought it up. But it feels like an event that in the in the months since Doha hasn't quite gotten its like its its credit for how it could be a uh, right on the level of a of a Sydney versus Dalila, Carson versus Rye Benjamin and Samba. I mean, it has that ability if they actually get out and do it. And and I hope yeah. to if we see some track, if we 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 can we can get those two together. Yeah. No, no, that's not a bad that's not a bad pick. I mean, we're all wishing and hoping there's track. So even the fact that there's meets would be yeah. an accomplishment. Yeah. Let alone let alone ones between people from from different countries. I put uh, Caster Semenya in there as well too because she was getting going in the 200 because they had some early season meets. I don't know if you remember that in South Africa. Yep. And then yep. they those those stopped, but her pursuit for that Olympic standard in the in the 200 will be fun to track as she tries Remind, to just yeah stick it to the to, to World Athletics. She's about a half second off, I think, right now. Okay, because she ran what in the twenty-two highs, or yeah, was it? I don't. You're yeah. You're you're, you're, you're testing my my two hundred meter yeah, standard yeah. time here. Which, as that. an American fan, we've never had to worry about what the standard yeah. is for the women's two hundred because yeah, every American woman has it. Right. I would not be concerned that Castor Semenya will figure this event out. I know she's quite a bit taller than what a two hundred meter runner would typically be on the women's side, and well, the 800s are a perfect event. And so she's coming down to a, a, a distance that's a quarter of what she should actually be running through no fault yeah. of her own. But uh, I would expect her to develop into a pretty good 200-meter runner. Now, a finalist, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't count it against her. A medalist, That'd I think that's crazy. a very, 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 very slim chance. But, I mean... She's figured out every other event she's run. She's a good 400-meter runner. Uh, it's certainly a possibility. We were talking about Radisha before, I think, on that last week. You and I were talking about Radisha? Must have been. Yeah. And and I was saying if he made the Olympic team, it would be a huge accomplishment. I would put that same test to Semenya of the mm. – I mean, go, going into the Olympics, we need to have the all the – all, high profile, but you should really have realistic expectations team about what they can do. And yeah. I think both of them would be on that. 
because expecting well, I mean, an 800 meter runner to yeah. make a final in the 200 is a lot to ask. You don't think Donovan Brazier could uh, could get up there with <laughs> Noah Lyles? I've always thought he could just drop down in, in distance. I mean, I thought Bolt moving up to the 800 made a lot of sense too. I guess he was mm-hmm. a hundred meter runner too. So I guess uh, you need to find like a pure a pure 200 meter runner and say, hey, you know, maybe someone like uh, Christophe Lamet. I really thought had 800 meter potential. No, you don't mm-hmm. see it. You don't see it because it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 400 800 is crazy. The fact that she's a 400 1500 runner is is crazy too. But don't you think the fact that she's from South Africa, not rich in sprinting tradition. They're not going to have a deep bench of athletes going to be trying to vie for those spots. I mean, that she has a very right, she real shot at making the needs, Olympic team. No, she just needs to hit the standard. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She, she doesn't need to. She doesn't need to go through any other process. But cutting that much time is a significant amount of spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I mean uh, that's a significant amount of imp- improvement. It does. She doesn't need to. I don't think she's vying for a spot with with a large group of people. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think, yeah. I don't think South Africa had anybody in the 200, the last Olympics. Yeah. Don't it's just it. a time. It's a time trial. I mean, she's just like, she's like the person who's really good in the County over from you. Who's like, yeah, they're in the 400. Yeah. The mile, yeah, the mm-hmm. 200. <laughs> yep. Didn't did like Laura Raisler or someone when they were in high school, yeah. win everything from the hundred to the 800 yeah. or some, when someone. I, when like I think that. of I this example, I think of Raisler in North Dakota and then Isaiah Harris in Maine. They, they were mm-hmm. kind of the 800 meter runners who cleaned up as, as high schoolers just, everything. just because they were great. And also yeah. because they were in less than competitive States. So, um, that's Castor Semania basically, they, but you know, they scored on the like global 60 scale. points by themselves. Yeah. Yeah, great, great track teams. It highlights the importance <laughs> of having track as a scored team event for sure. Yeah. My next one, my next thing that I'm looking forward to, Mondo. Mm, you haven't got enough Mondo this year? Well, listen, if the season ended right now, he's the athlete of the year. So maybe mm. he risks some of that by coming back. If he comes back yeah. and there's track and other people – somehow managed to break world records, then they're going to jump ahead of Mondo on the athlete of the year for the men. But I just want to see the guy keep going. Talk about mm-hmm. talk about calling a timeout when you're on a 24 to nothing run in a basketball game. That's what Mondo yeah. was doing. Yeah, uh, it's- except the timeout, the timeout wasn't called by him. I, mean, I don't know if he's ever going to have that much momentum again, but I'd like to see it. I would think so considering he's 20, but Yes, if there's anybody that that needs to continue their season, it's it's him because the outdoor world record would have fallen. I'm 100% sure of it considering it's shorter than the, it's it's you know lower than the indoor world record. Yeah. And uh yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much else uh, much else to say on it though, but when you're smashing world records and clearing 6 meters in every single competition, and then, of course, when you tie for the win in the ultimate garden clash, the world needs mm. to see your skills uh, in real competition. So we will get to see him, though, at the uh, in little over a week's time at the Impossible Games. Yeah, he well, breaks the world record there. That's going to be tough. <clears throat> on a on a, on a shorter term schedule, just seeing the Impossible Games is something I'm looking forward to. Right. Mm-hmm. That'll be yes. they'll be on it. They'll be on a physical track. 
with yeah, other people. Five thousand word essay coming on the team Ingebrigtsen versus Team Chariot matchup. It's uh, I'm excited to break down all of the intri- intricacies of that one. So that's next Thursday, huh? That's coming soon. Mm-hmm. It's coming oh. soon. Do you want to do? Do you want to do like a emergency reaction pod? I'm a, a I was thinking pod? that. I I think we I think we have to. It's the first real track meet since. Uh, since who cares? It's the first real track meet since February. I don't know. No, I guess early March. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, conference yeah. indoor indoor conference meets. Well, there was some. They kept going in other countries for a little bit, and they've mm-hmm. had some. They've had some random meets in, in Europe, but this one. I mean, Team Ingerbrinson versus Team Cherry Mondo. If he's there, you have that Norwegian women's record attempt featuring the strobe light. That I personally am. I'm per, I'm in for that one. I'm a hundred percent. I can write that part of the essay. If you want me to, to okay. co-write it, I can do 1500 words on just the strobe light or that mm-hmm. is going to pace Grovedal to this record. You just said a whole bunch of words I'm unfamiliar with, but great. I'm so excited. It's, and the it's light, really, the light is, the light is pacing her. She's doing yeah. it by herself, I think. And the, there's gonna be a light on the inside of the track and it's going at the pace of Greta Weitz's record. And she's just got to keep up pace with the light. Got it. Cool. And it's legal. I mean, it's legal. I saw the rules. It is legal. Oh, really? They could do this in any meet. Yeah, they could do this in any meet. Yeah. That's like, it's like technological assistance, right? That's like, the, if, yeah. if that's the president, shouldn't Kipchoge's thing count? Well, I think if uh, it's not a human being pacing you, I think that's the difference. Uh, okay. I guess it's kind of akin mm. to if you got, remember, you know, in Berlin, they got, they got the car kind of close there and they got the bikes kind of close there. Okay. As a reminder, this is a reminder that this is the world record pace. We're not yeah, pacing sure. you, but we just happen to be riding mm-hmm. at 202 flat pace. I think that's what yeah, this is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You can take your Carson Warholm 300 meter hurdle attempt. I'm going with the lights. Any I saw something, I, not that I'm being super cynical about this Warholm thing, but his like, I thought I read somewhere his indoor 300 meter hurdles mm-hmm. PR, which I don't know is faster than the outdoor world record. Yes. Yes. So, so like this video, like, what are we even, I mean, like sweet. I mean, no, no. we're excited to watch him no, no. absolutely demolish this record. The question that you're asking yourself is wait, there's an indoor 300 meter hurdles. That's yeah, the question you're, right. you're asking yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That seems a, is that on a, is that on a slant? Like, is it uh if that was on in Birmingham, they, they just disqualify everyone before they even started. They're just be like, well, we know how this is going to go. So it's everyone's DQ'd. Um, you're yeah, right. Bank, but right? they're, yes, but you're going to get to see Carson Warholm slap his face. You're going to see him yeah. yell. He's going to mm-hmm. pose at the end. It's mm-hmm. going to be like, okay. you could get a world, you're going to get a world record out of this. You're going to potentially get a one Norwegian record, maybe two. You're going to get the Ingerbritsons running, and you're going to get Mondo potentially vaulting for a one-off meet. That's a that's a bit. That's some stories. I'm excited for the world leads. Like, there's going to be a lot of world leads <laughs> run here, and uh, 2K world lead, hurdle. 300 meter hurdle, 2K world lead. Uh, you know. Hey, hold on though. 300 meter hurdles. That's run in a lot of states in high school, so Warhol yeah. can't dawdle too much. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, he's got it. And the world—he's looking to break the thirty-nine oh eight world lead yeah. run by Danny Johnson Jr. in Virginia <laughs> at the VA icebreaker <laughs> meet. <laughs> oh man! Okay, 
I got another one here. How yeah, about good. this one? How about this event was going to be interesting this year from the American perspective, especially women's 5,000. Women's mm. 5,000. You have Krisha Schweizer coming off a dynamite 3,000 meter American record that she broke down with you, Lincoln Shrike, on this very website. You have Vanessa Frazier of Bowerman, who's on the mend now. She had to have surgery, but yeah, say she ran a really fast 5,000. Yeah. Right. You had El Perrier doing what she did in the mile indoors. And then if you want to broaden this out internationally, you obviously have a chance to see Stefan Hassan, although you can see her at any number of events. But Schweizer's one of those people where, man, it was clicking at the right time mm-hmm. in the Olympic year. She was no. rolling. Oh, absolutely. I mean, she ran 825, beat Shelby Houlihan. I, I don't think we could say she elevated. We've talked about this ad nauseum, I, but, you know, she hadn't elevated to the pedestal of, oh, a potential medalist, but she's uh, elevated to maybe two, one or two rungs below that, if there is such a place. I don't think she's in no woman's land. What's she's, your rung ranking for the women's mm, 5,000 right now? Um. You know, starts with congrats, you made the U.S. team. You yeah. are going to get bounced out of the first round. And then it goes up from you can maybe make a final. Then it goes to you're not going to completely get embarrassed in the final. Then it goes to, oh, you've got top 10 potential. Then it goes to, ooh, a good race. You might get top five. Then it goes to, oh, my God, is this actually possible? Then it goes to, oh, Safana San just ran 57 in the last lap. Just okay, so she's the third one on there. Yeah. No, no, she's the third one on there. Those were good rungs, by the way. Mm-hmm. I commend Thank you for coming up with those. The, mm-hmm. oh man, she could get top five. I think that's where she's at. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. I I, I, I think that's, you know, the finishing speed with, to keep up with Shelby Houlihan, even though Houlihan said on our podcast, you know, like he was just having an off day, uh, which is fine, uh, but... I still think Shelby Houlihan's off day is pretty darn good. And for Swizer to beat her and have that finishing speed, which that wasn't something coming out of college that Swizer was known for, even though she had a good mile times. But now, it, it yeah, it feels like, you know, she's not quite on a Klosterhoven level just yet, just based on the sheer volume. But she's approaching. She's knocking on the door to be somebody who's a fringe medalist. Yeah, if you looked at, Okay, who's who's gonna make a Olympic or World Championship final? You'd have th- you know three from Kenya, three from Ethiopia. You'd have Coco. You'd have Safan Hassan there, right? Mm-hmm. But then she's mm-hmm. in that she's in that group. I mean, she was ninth. <clears throat> she was ninth last year at yeah. at the World Championship, and she's gotten better since then. Oh, way so better. I think yeah. that. Yeah, I yeah. think that's where you start. I think that's where you start with it, right? Mm-hmm. I think at least. I don't. I yeah. don't know. And and maybe this indoor season was a continuation of just like kind of what went on last year, um, because last year did drag on for so long. Yeah. But I'm just I I am kind I kind of like the fact that this event <clears throat> is for the on the w- women's side of things became. It was an afterthought on to the women's ten and the women's fifteen hundred, and I and I like the fact that that women's five. There's some five thousand meter specialists in there that are going to make that event really interesting, and I don't know based on the schedule at trials who's going to do what, but there's some people who they're not just doubling back for the five thousand just for the heck of it. 
but that's their event and that's their best shot at a medal because that's been a scratch happy event before. Right. Or it's just nice a, to have some... or a secondary event. Oh, I ran the yeah. 10 and then I'll jump in the five and qualify. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we know there's no shot of medals. Yeah, it, it, the event has quickly changed. I mean, it's quickly flipped. It's, you know, you it's like you had a basketball team in high school and, you know, the the, the roster in 2019 was all 5'11 guys and the center was 6'2 mm-hmm. and then everybody hit puberty in, in the over the <laughs> summer and then all of a sudden they've got everybody 6'7 and above. That's a very weird comparison I just made. I'll go with it, but that feels like what happened in the in the women's five thousand. That that it became a serious game in the U.S. Uh, basically overnight. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, Perrier you know, got Perrier got eleventh yeah. too. I mean, Perrier yeah, got eleventh, and I know she made the final and she took a big step up. Now there's still questions about what she can do when when it's tactical, considering she got her doors blown off at USA's by Houlihan. Uh, that was just one race, though. But when you run four sixteen, you're you got to be taken seriously in the five thousand. I think um, so. Big, big, you know, big excitement there um, to see what what can be done as far as times. I know Houlihan mentioned that she didn't feel like her American record was safe at the hands of of, uh, of Swizer, and I hadn't even thought about that. But of course, that makes sense after she gets the three k American record and then ran fourteen forty eight in a final. So yeah. Yeah. That may well, not be 2020, but it's 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 coming. It's it's definitely coming down the road. I would expect Swizer to get that in the next two years. Well, look at it this way. I think the women's 10 is first. I think it's the men where they're switched at the trials at the next trial? year. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So you could have but women's <laughs> 15 is first, though, because I remember Shelby saying before that she'd run the five there, but at the Olympic, the doubles, Olympics, the doubles not possible. So just mm-hmm. as, just assume that that's the, the schedule. Cause I think it is the schedule. Just trust me on this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, women's 10, I mean, I don't know if someone like Schweizer would double, but you got to figure huddle and Sisson are going to be ready. Huddle and Sisson are going to be ready. That's their only path to the Olympics now that the marathon is out. So just say, for example, it's those two plus just say Merrill Hall, right? Mm-hmm. Then, so then by the time you get to the 5,000 at the end of the meet, I mean, those three women, yes, they could double back. But when you have a trio like the three that we've mentioned before, it's going to be tough for them to make it, right? Houlihan could obviously jump in there and, and you'd expect her to make top three. But it's kind of fun when everybody is just go like, number one, everybody's racing an event that they plan to compete at in the Olympics. So it's mm-hmm. top three or bust. But also, everybody kind of has that do or die mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it was no backup. You know, this this was then an event even dating back to last summer that Shelby Houlihan could just hop in and dominate at the you yeah. know at the U.S. Championships, and maybe that's still the case. Maybe she's still the favorite, even if she's not going to run it at the at the games. But I don't think that's it's not a cakewalk for her anymore, and it's crazy how how that flipped. All right, I I have an event maybe that not a lot of people are, are talking about, especially compared to the men's side of it, but we never really got, I know she ran a half marathon, but we didn't, we haven't seen the encore Bridget Cost guy after running 214. Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be a ton of hype about her. Uh, yeah. Obviously there's other things. There's a few other things going on in the world right now, but like, am I the only one that's excited to see like what her next marathon is going to look like? Because she ran, she took 80 seconds off Paula Radcliffe's record. I mean, what, I, I just, 
that that's still unbelievable as we stand here even you know i mean we've kind of compared it to what kipchoge did in the 159 race it's it feels like we don't know her full potential yet and uh you know i don't know excited to see what she can do if if if, if london happens and and uh and beyond yeah i think yes she was the victim of of timing like a bad like a bad set of like when she ran that time i'm trying to pull up i remember I posted a tweet about this. I remember all my tweets, Lincoln. So mm-hmm. there was one tweet that I had that I felt encapsulated um, this moment. And I'm going back. Wow. A lot of Lincoln strike retweets here. Um, well, here good. we go. Good. Um, this was on October 12th. Last two weeks in the running world. Someone does a 15, 10K double. A woman runs 48, 14. Sub two marathon. Most famous coaches banned for four years. Most famous group is disbanded. Craig Engels cuts his mullet. And then the next mm-hmm. day, I had to amend it. I had to amend yeah. it with, and a woman broke the marathon world record. So yeah. all of those things. All of those yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yes, you're right. I want to see what's the what's – the, the pull factor here is it just cause guy by herself or is this a, a whole new era here is she grabbing i would think people there's gotta be some. i don't think she's three minutes gonna just be three minutes better than than everyone i think there's a gigantic i, I don't know that term but pull factor i can understand what by context is what you're saying <laughs> ak she's gonna pull people along oh, there's a push or a push I, or a pull i don't know something okay. like that I don't. I'm not a wordsmith like Gordon. I don't know. She can't. Uh, yeah, geez. she, she can't be that much better than though. everyone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, half marathons. I literally want to destroy that distance. It's not real. That's why our our king, His Majesty Elliot Kipchoge, doesn't even bother with that distance because it's not real. <laughs> um, so uh, it. Uh, yeah, I want. I want. I, I mean, can she break a world record? I mean, I I have the feeling that that is an outlier performance, never to be touched. But one thing we haven't talked about, thank God, for the last few months is uh, shoes. You know, she hasn't she hasn't, uh, she hasn't uh, put on the, uh, the Alpha Flies yet. <laughs> you don't have any respect uh, for Ababel Yashine, sixty four thirty one. Yeah, not in the full. No, no, I don't okay. even care. If you, I mean, if you've run two nineteen, you're in the top whatever all time and you're five minutes behind i mean it's just like what 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 world is this you know is is this yeah i just to to, to for you this can't be something where you know uh we we need to see the follow-up to 214 you know it's like we've it's it's like we've been left on a cliffhanger on uh breaking bad and then they're like well we're gonna delay we're gonna delay the next season by mm-hmm. by uh by four years i mean it's just it's really it's like i'm waiting on my edge of my seat to see what bridget Cosguy is uh doing going to do okay. i should say that, that's a good one i have one more left and it's mm-hmm. not road racing it's not track and field it's a little oh, sport wow. called cross country lincoln no oh, yeah and i don't i don't Did know you get if this we'll from gordon are you waiting to see who who Portland's seventh man is going to be this year? Is that that's like something Gordon would do? They got three transfers for guys. Yeah. No, yeah, uh, I I do not know anything about what's going on in Portland. I do know that BYU and NAU are really good, and I do know that that is a full blown rivalry right now. 
and I want to see it. And I don't mm-hmm. know if we're going to get sports. I, I think they're bringing football teams back onto campus now, which will be indicative of, of whether or not there's fall sports, but I think it's a positive sign that they're doing that. If it, if it goes off without a hitch, uh, obviously there's a bunch of other hurdles when you're considering doing that, but I just saw, who was it? Was it USC yesterday was talking about a, they're going to have in class in, sorry, in person classes. So a lot of people mm. seem to ad- be adapting this go, go back early and then dismiss early schedule to try to, to move around that wave, um, the purported second wave. But um, yes, we'll put that aside. Yeah, it is USC. They announced yesterday they're going to start August seventeenth, okay. a week earlier than than they thought they were than than what was scheduled, oh, wow. and then it would end wow. end at Thanksgiving. So, whatever. Put all that aside because we're we're operating under the idea that track and field and, and sports are going to be back uh, mostly to full form. BYU NAU on the men's side, it's going to be awesome. It's like again, it's a rivalry now. It's real. And mm. NAU bring NAU brings almost everybody back, and BYU brings a lot of people back and adds pieces that have been around the program but didn't race next year. So it's not just it's not new groups of people, and I think that's going to be exciting. Yeah, of course. I, I, I'm very interested to see how. The You're addition speechless. of Nico Young, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see how the addition of Nico Young goes because I, it, it, you know, he feels like a freshman that could make a gigantic impact. I think he's he's that good, and you know, NAU's younger guys uh, that were solid last year, their group of freshmen will be much more experienced and have that fire in their belly to be back. But it also, on the same token, you know, BYU. Um, got the monkey off their back to finally win a title and they get Casey Klinger back after a mission and Connor Mance, assuming he's healed from his injury, that's going to be a team that's just as good if, if not better, even after they lose a couple guys, cause they fill those holes yeah. admirably. Um, so yeah, a rivalry as much as it can be in cross country with a bunch of skinny dudes uh, running and uh, s- <laughs> It's got a, it's got a chance to be to be really really special, even though as a rivalry we see them basically twice. They're going to race at regionals and then nationals. So, right, right, right. Uh, but at but least it's I, legit. You don't need to yeah, work hard I, I, to make this a rivalry. It's a legit rivalry. And listen, now. the course the course at Oklahoma State is so unique that it's going to force teams to be prepared differently than than it would be in a normal circumstance. This is people haven't seen this course. It is uh, it's a monster. It, it challenges you every step of the way because of the undulations of the hills and it's it's uh they've got wood chips there you can hardly wear spikes i mean it's just a totally different thing and uh that will play a huge role in who's more prepared for that i would think that that leans a little bit more to the nau side of things but uh well we we shall see now first we just need to have a cross-country season i mentioned oklahoma state and they just had one of their football players you know they had reported back to campus and one of their football players who attended a protest in tulsa came back and test positive for covid now that doesn't Mm -hmm. shut down the whole ncaa plan i don't imagine but it does show you, you know, reopening these campuses and getting these athletes back in the programs. It comes with its own set of risks. So crossing our fingers yeah. for NCAA sports this fall. Yeah. And it's something like cross country where there's not huge crowds. It's if you're going to have classes open, I feel like 
going and competing at cross country meets, the risk isn't that much different. Now, granted, there's travel involved in that, which introduces mm -hmm. a bunch of other risks, but um, you're not sitting in a 300 person lecture hall. You're not sitting in a crowded dorm. Your university has people from all over the world, most of these places too. It's not the same as an, going into an airport and, and or staying at a hotel, but there are people from all over and people who are going on weekend trips and then coming back to campus. So there's there's obviously risks there. It's just a matter of, of how they're managing the risk. I'm sure there will be different precautions and maybe at that point there'll be faster tests so people can identify um, identify uh, positive tests and then um, make more, more tests so you can know like who's asymptomatic, things like that. But from a running perspective, yeah, like I want to see um, that NAU group now has, I mean, they were already motivated or a young group and like, you know, Drew Bosley, he hasn't won a title. Abdi Aminur hasn't won a title. You know, Blaze Farrow's won a title. Uh, obviously, that, that the program has titles, but there's a lot of young guys, you know, who mm -hmm. haven't mm -hmm. been a part of a title team there that they're going to want to to get their first title. Obviously, Nico Young yeah. has not won a title yet at NAU. And on the BYU side of things, and I'm talking to Ed Eyestone tomorrow, so maybe I'll, I'll ask him this, but just like the desire to be like, yeah, that wasn't a fluke. We're like legit mm. and we're here. Mance, Mance is going to be gunning for that individual title, right? Because yeah. I think last year he thought rightly so, hey, I'm the best guy in the nation. And then now that Kerr got mm -hmm. it, it is gone and Klecker's gone, right? It's his turn. It's his, it's, it's his yeah. chance. Yeah, yeah. And then you have someone yeah. like Klinger coming back and Shumway. It's going to be fun. It's just it's fun to know the players going in to, to the season. And – if Gordon yeah. were here, he'd say also look out for Arkansas on the men's side of things because they they're getting a bunch of uh, of of top talent there in in Fayetteville. So perhaps there'll be a surprise third team, but at the very least, you know all the players um, from these two teams. Mm -hmm. You sound awfully confident that there's going to be cross country in the fall, and I'm you you listed all the the potential roadblocks and the travel and things that man really complicated but uh not the sport itself is maybe easier to put on because you mentioned the crowds but i don't know i'm i don't have i'm 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 bullish as you on on that, that there's going to be instability sports but i guess there's a lot of financial interest to making it happen i think if there's going to be football there's going to be cross country and mm -hmm. it sounds like if there's going to be classes there's going to be football and right yeah. now they're organizing and structuring classes but i think all of it moves it moves together is what i think again i don't mm -hmm. know this is just one person's opinion from yeah. reading what's out there and i don't think <clears throat> you you can't say yeah let's let let's let football play but cross country can't can't go but do, um, don't you think we're gonna have I mean, as soon as we have one campus who has a little bit of an outbreak we're just gonna be like what are we doing here i mean that's what aren't we just waiting for that inevitable uh thing to drop i mean that just feels like that's inevitable like i said in a, a football you know football player at oklahoma state just got a got coronavirus from you know yeah. and he's coming onto campus and they're 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 um isolating him i mean this just feels like something we haven't been able to control as a country so why do we think on the school in the institution level that's going to be controlled and then at what point are you saying this this has gone in yeah. a totally different topic 
direction than I think you intended. But I, I, I just, I just, I just don't know. I mean, it's yeah. like, oh, we're having classes, but you're not gonna be able to. Okay, so everybody's gonna have masks on, and then we're gonna, you know, okay, great. But I mean, like, kids are. We can't trust kids to socially distance in dorms, and, and there's gonna be outbreaks. And, and it, I, I, I just, I, and then at what point? Do you I think it's just about. Well, it's about it's about managing it. I don't think they're going to shut down. They're not going to shut down a whole semester uh, of classes for for cases. I don't think. I don't think. I mean, and I, I think that goes into treatment and testing and tracing and, and those sort of things. But I, I think the idea is, okay, if we have it, you know, we'll treat it like some of how these communities um, and, and some of the places that have dealt with it before have, have treated it. And we're not going to completely um, – we're not going to cancel everything right away. And also I think, you know, they'll know more in two months, right? I mean, these classes aren't starting for two more months. Think where we were two months ago with this. That was at the very beginning of April. We were only basically two months into a, a modified lockdown or a complete lockdown in, in some parts of, of, of the world. So I, I just think there'll be more, there'll be more information out there. I'm not hundred percent that it's going to happen. I think yeah. it's there's still some stuff up in the air, but when you're saying that classes are going to happen, to me that's that's a that's a positive sign. But I also don't I, I just don't think they're going to treat it like okay, University X has has cases. Let's yeah, let's abandon the whole season. Yeah, yeah I think they're right. gonna, they're going to figure out a way to to work around it. But well, let's uh, be real two, here. I mean, Mark Mark Emmert's going to look at this and be like, I know it's going to be tough, but. We got to cancel things, and then he's going to have one of his lieutenants' assistants be like, uh, "Mark, BYU first NAU in cross country." He's like, "Ah, oh, I right, I cannot cancel fall sports. We got the best rivalry in sports. We got to keep it going." Well, when you because, but that's, I mean, that's that's an interesting point though, because it's basically like, where do you stop it, right? If you're canceling, so if you're saying this team can't play because of an outbreak. Does that mean every team in the conference can't play? That's the entire nation that can't play, and that's a tough spot with with the NCAA because it it does seem to move as one. Um, two emails here I wanted to read though. Uh, okay. One here from Bill about the sub four minute milers when you guys when you guys ranked them um, last week. I believe that was last week. Is it something about yes. Gordon's statement about Tim Danielson? Because I'd be willing to hear that. No, 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 okay. no, no. It no, says, okay. Uh, okay. He, says great, he says, great podcast, by the way. But one thing that wasn't mentioned about Jim Ryan at the 1968 Olympics is that he won the silver medal after missing weeks of training with mononucleosis. I think if he didn't get sick, he would have beaten Kip Kano for the gold. Mm. Yeah, that's I, that's news to me. I, I I hadn't. I feel bad when we have to when these things inevitably come up because I realize I'm not as educated on my. 1968 track and I, I say that somewhat lightheartedly but also at the fact that i probably should know that if i'm going to be talking seriously about jim ryan and his legacy as probably one of the greatest american distance runners so didn't wasn't aware of that uh that's a famous race i i do know you know let's run had done their thing where they were talking about jim ryan as the greatest american distance runner and i remember there was talk online about how kano ran like 320 something at somehow at, mm -hmm. at really high altitude so which converts mm -hmm. down to like 326 or whatever. And they they were talking about the legitimacy of that. But Kano, I looks like he was awfully tough to beat at those games. So yeah. I don't know. We do a rewatchables, we do we do that on that. Maybe, maybe we think Kano is truly unbeatable. We'll 
It's tough. It's tough. Well, we'll okay. Speaking of speaking of rewatching old episodes, we got two here from John that I wanted to read about the two mile slash fifteen hundred races we broke down. The first one was that twenty seventeen women's fifteen hundred at the World Champs. He has a couple additional thoughts about what makes Simpson a tactical genius in quotes compared to Laura Muir. One, Simpson runs to win a medal. In 2016, 17, and 19, Muir ran to win gold. That's why Muir goes with a break in each race, and Simpson holds back and distributes her effort much better, frequently, as you pointed out, taking the shortest route on the inside lane. Two, Simpson isn't actually quick enough to cover breaks like Dababa made in Rio and Hassan made in London. She is the female Nick Willis, or rather, Nick is the male Jenny. You know why she didn't move wide with 80 meters to go? She knew she wasn't quick enough to get past Hassan, so the inside track was the only option, mm-hmm. and she got lucky. Three, Muir's problem isn't just that she goes with the break. It's also the way she goes with the break. When she followed the breaks of Debab and Hassan, she had to accelerate hard. She doesn't distribute her effort as evenly as the leader and certainly not as well as Simpson does behind her. That kind of acceleration may be possible in the last 400 of a race, but she's doing it in the third lap. As Nick Willis said in your excellent interview with him, the guys in Rio who accelerated before the bell to get in position couldn't maintain it for the whole last lap. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. four, Four, Simpson can handle herself in a rough race. With 600 to go, she squeezes in between the Swede and Muir, and Muir gives an uh, and gives Muir an elbow. At 500 to go, she has left a big gap on her on the inside, but when Muir tries to accelerate through, she elbows her again and moves inside, so Muir has to go wide. All perfectly legal, of course. And by the way, you know who Simpson reminds me of the most? Ian Stewart. But because she is American, she's a tactical genius, whereas Stewart was a cowardly Brit who stole the medal off Brave Hill <laughs> Free. Smiley face. Keep up the good work. That is John. And then I want to read what he wrote about the miracle mile as well, too. But I'll get your mm-hmm. get your thoughts first on that one. I know. I mean, very humorous way of analyzing it. I do think Laura Muir gets her coaching advice directly from the <laughs> queen. Uh, so that could be – it kind of has to follow those. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think we give Laura Muir a little bit too hard of a time. Uh, I think she races, like you said, races to win, and maybe she can never go away from that. You know, we always, we do like, and I think I mentioned that podcast. We do, you know, we 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 put mistakes of other athletes under a microscope, and then when Americans do anything right, we call them a tactical genius. I think that's a little bit of some some bias, but. Jenny Simpson makes it awfully, awfully tough to break that bias because she is so yeah. smart and, and, and uses maximizes her ability so well. Um, as far as you, I don't you know, say- Muir, Go ahead. I, I don't know. I mean, we could say Muir makes all these mistakes. She's in, in that 2017 race, she's in position. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I just don't, maybe she just doesn't, we could say she wasted all of her energy. I think we're kind of looking for mistakes. She's there with a hundred meters to go. So that's basically yeah. all you can ask for. No, I, I, I understand that, that she's there, but I also, I guess I disagree slightly in saying that she runs a hundred percent to win and, and Simpson is just to medal. I think she makes an initial move to do that, but then she second guesses mm-hmm. herself. And as I mentioned before, you can almost see her thinking and overthinking about it. Whereas Simpson knows herself so well. And, and runs off of instinct. If Muir was really running for gold, as we mentioned before, go hard from a ways mm-hmm. out. Don't mm-hmm. leave it to this kick against Kipyegon or don't leave it to this kick against whoever it is out there, Safan Hassan mm-hmm. or Dababa, especially when you've run as fast a time as she was. Do what Safan Hassan did in 2017 or 2019, right? right? Go, right. go, go, go. Like if that, that's the way to meddle or bust, 
right? If you want to, if you want an outcome where you're either going to get first or you're going to get 12th, her going out hard or making a definitive clear break is the move. But, you know, dropping these, you know, leading when the leading when the pace is 71 seconds is just nonsense. Like it doesn't like who that doesn't help, right? That doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Like what's the point of Other that? Other than I guess being I guess in if, position. Yeah, you're you're not yeah, having to work well, I guess, out your thought. I guess 71 is the wrong number, but like leading leading when it's fast, but not fast enough to drop anybody. Because mm -hmm. central led, central led, but the pace was really 65. slow. So it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. roller derby. It was roller derby. Mm -hmm. So being in front was more important than conserving energy because it was so slow and there was not much energy con to conserve. Yeah. And that's what Nick Willis was talking about. Like it was the time he was not, uh, you know, uh, where people had given him feedback before about whether or not he was on the rail or off the rail. Like, but but leading when it, the pace is fast, but not fat, but not a fully committed move is just setting yourself up for it. But I I agree with you. Like, and the Brits I think are harder on her than anybody else. Like her fans are harder on her than anybody else. Yeah. And that race just left so many to be so much to be analyzed, which is why it was so much fun. Um, okay, let's go to let's go to his thoughts on the Bannister Landy podcast. He said uh, you posed a couple questions which you probably aren't really that interested in receiving replies to, but hey, we've got all the time on our hands, so I thought I'd reply anyway. <laughs> First, what's the difference between Great Britain and the UK? Great Britain, listen to this, Lincoln, because you asked this question. Great Britain is England, Scotland, and Wales. The UK is England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. Just to add to the confusion at the Olympics and Worlds, we compete as Great Britain and Northern Ireland. To further add to the confusion, almost all decent Northern Irish athletes are eligible and compete for like of Ireland. You got that? Yeah, I mean, I know the conflict between Northern Ireland and other parts of Ireland, uh, well, I don't know the conflict. I I've heard of it. So break but it down it for us, Lincoln. Yeah. Very confusing. Well, going back to Patty O'Sullivan in 1740. Uh, no. Uh, okay. I'm still as confused as ever. But okay, go ahead. No, he said. So no, it's it's you can you can understand this. Great Britain is England, Scotland, and Wales. And then when they say UK, you just add Northern Ireland. I know, but spot. why can't why can't Northern Ireland be a part of Great Britain? Why can't they? They just want to be their own thing. Well, that's that that goes back into the history, so that yeah. you have to to dive into. Um, yeah, get on Wikipedia, to read some book, and do your research. Uh, okay. Second, why do we have so many good currently, especially in Scotland? Several factors. The 2012 Olympics and 2014 Commonwealth Games affect existing young athletes got a boost in motivation. An athletics club received a big boost in members age 11 to 16 at around that time. We'll continue to see the impact of that in most for another five years or so. There are some fantastic athletes currently aged 14 to 19 coming through. Um, didn't who was that? Wasn't that like a crazy good 800 meter young yeah, runner that was really that. young? Yeah, Max yeah. something, Max Durgan or something like that. Uh, two, history. Mid-distance runners are still being coached by people with first-hand memories of Ovette, everyone's favorite, Steve, Kevin. That's a House of Run Inside joke there. Co, Cram, mm. and Elliot, our top five all-time, have average 1,500-meter time of 329.9. Three, the U.S. collegiate team, O'Hare, Gurley, Kerr, all went through a, your system, and there's no coincidence that in tactical races, they often beat Whiteman and Grice, who have the best PBs. Four, mm -hmm. competition, they need to be good just to get on our team. The fact we left a 330 runner Grice behind last year says everything. This lot are good, but the generation of 800 runners coming behind them are way better. Oof. That is, Josh, I mean, just kind of backing up Josh Kerr's point there about how good, 
how good it is on the other side of the pond. They got something figured out, and I, I, I yeah, thanks to that email for for all that that information. The I, the, the the impact of the 2012 games, I, you know, can't be overstated. Uh, I'm glad he used. It's this never one lot, thing that this lot that made it feel extra British. So thanks to that. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, they're exploiting our our system for their benefit. <laughs> Look at that, freaking! They need to thank us every. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I'm glad we get some of these British athletes over here to come up and see their talents, and and uh, I think they have they have something figured out that maybe the the us doesn't they they really appreciate their athletics whereas we we uh, you know we have to pull people from the soccer teams over here and and uh <laughs> i don't know i don't really know what i'm saying the pitch. but the there's pitch. no reason yeah there's no reason that scotland should be as good as the us in the 1500 but that's kind of the case right now on the men's side yeah i guess when yeah. is is Laura Mears, is she scottish yeah yep yeah scott man what about Gemma Riki? She's Scottish too, right? I believe so, but I'm not sure. Okay. Scotland, it's not just known right for now. Their green grass and Scottish stuff. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Scott, Scottness. Yeah. And golf courses. All right, we'll leave it there. We'll leave yeah, it yeah. there. Uh, great ending to the show. Flowtrackpodcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Tomorrow it'll be me and Gordon. And then on Friday, close out the week with a Lincoln and Gordon special. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to Alon for producing. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.